I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And today we have a lot to talk about. No different than any other week, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, the Astros Yankees is the one thing I'm excited to talk about. We have Penn State, Ohio State this weekend. So hopefully, Tyler, I love you to death, but hopefully. The October is not your month. I love you to death, but I'm hoping that's the case. Um, yeah, a lot of other things to get into. We'll talk about Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and what kind of a mess that was for, as Lou says, not my Patriots last night. Um, yeah, we've got some Facebook questions. We've got some play of the week, as always. Uh, but we'll start with first things first. What's on your mind? Lou, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. It's difficult for me to to speak on it because I hate the Yankees so much, and I'm trying to be respectful to my friend Tyler and all my friends who you are You can Yankees go there. Fans. I'm upset. Most Yankee fans have strong disdain right now. They're fucking trash, and they were trash all year long, and I tried to tell everybody. I tried to tell you. I said it on this show. I said Aaron Judge is a loser. I said Aaron Boone is a loser. I said the entire team was filled with losers. Garrett Cole, loser. Nestor Cortez, loser. Josh Donaldson, biggest loser of them all. They stink. They stunk all year long, and they got swept out of the building. They got taken to the fifth game with the Cleveland Guardians, as we said last week, and then they got swept out of the building in their own house. They watched a 2004 Red Sox video against the Yankees for motivation and then got fucking embarrassed in game four. They suck. We're on to the World Series. The Phillies now want their we want Houston, da-da-da-da-da. We'll see. We'll see them this weekend. I highly expect this series to go just as quickly as the last one, and that's what's on my mind. <laughs> I waited all week, all week. I for that. hate them, and I never <laughs> want to hear from them again. It's over now. That's the best. I had a fun weekend. I had a nice weekend. <laughs> Me too. Uh, Friday night, I was in the building, the world's most famous arena, aka Madison Square Garden. Uh, watched the Knicks take a dub. Um, against the Detroit Pistons. I believe they played a little Cade Cunningham. I mean, we mopped the floor with them. Knicks, 2-1 and one start, playing well. Bronson, we got a real point guard. Um, John Morant, you watch the dude. He is something different when you watch Heard him. Heard he had basketball. a good game last night, too. Yeah, smoked the Nets, something light, I think 38 points. Um, he's just He's really a really phenomenal player when you watch him. Special. Um, but, yeah, I went Friday into – Saturday was a little college footy. Yanks into Penn State beat down to Minnesota. The fact that we were four and a half point favorites is the most disrespectful thing in a whiteout. 111,000 sold out loud on ABC, the proper channel that college football should be played on um, against. The, I have a theme in my life. We just play backup quarterbacks. In a weird way, I think CJ Stroud might come down with like COVID like on Thursday because <laughs> the Jets haven't played a starting quarterback all year. Then we get Minnesota's backup. Like in the whiteout, um, 
I don't even. Both starters are the backup in New England, so the Jets are playing again a backup, whether they're starting or not. Is that who uh, we play this weekend? Uh, Jets Is Patriots. It, yeah, I was thrown off by we. I didn't know like when you said we. <laughs> Who's we? Uh, but yeah, Jets Patriots uh, on Sunday, um, and uh, so boom into Jets nice victory Sunday. Flying to London Thursday for nine days. We'll talk about that a little bit. Feels like there's a lot of sports going on. Bought some sports cards on Twitter from my guy Slab to Base over the weekend. Not over the weekend. This time last week. Picked up a Devante Smith. Devonta Smith. SGC 10. Just changing my approach to things right now. And I think if you're a, Phil- if you're a Philadelphia fan, you might want to pick up a memory of a nice 6-0 start. They got a real team. Philly's hot. They're probably looking to spend. Which is why I'm trying to pick up a couple Eagles cards and move some things at the London UK card show. I think it's called the UK, the London card show or the UK card show or both. London um, card show. London card show. UK sports collector maybe is one of the people that works with it. Um, but feeling good. Going to some Premier League games coming up. Got my Headspace mug. Do you think Mike Trout will be at the World Series who could finally say he went to a World Series or no? Big Philly guy. He is a big Philly guy, right? Millville Meteor. Is that what they call him? He's from Melville? Yeah. Ward Melville. I thought it was from Vineland. No, it's Millville. Jersey? Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's a Jersey Millville, kid. Millville Meteor. But the Yankees were frustrating. I don't really, like, I think you don't I watch. You don't care about baseball, Ty. You don't have to. Yeah, I really don't care about baseball. But, like, I can get up yeah, for I a Yankees ta- game. And, like, Wednesday, the game three and game four were, like, just. Glorious. I mean, Aaron Judge. I watched him walk f- every time he played in the regular season. Like down the stretch, you'd, I would like watch the home run thing because I get the ESPN notification, throw it on, and it'd be like, grind out a walk, grind out a walk, grind out a walk. My man's had two walks in the playoffs. Do you want to know what it was, Ty? Rizzo looks like a player. What was it? During the regular season, they, no one wanted him to break the record. In the playoffs, everyone said, oh, wait, this guy can't actually hit a baseball. He sucks. So they attacked him, and that's what happened. <laughs> there it is. Got there's, it. There's what Got happened. It. But uh, Bader's a real player. You can't he deny is. that, Lou. I like he Bader had, a lot. I was juice. very upset that I had to hate him. He was. He's electric. He's a player. And then Rizzo is a stud. Looks like he slimmed down a little bit and made some big hits when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like refreshing to see someone hit the ball in two big situations like back to back. It felt like and they weren't home runs, like, like a double in the gap. Yeah, it was like oh, like going the other way. Like wow, mm-hmm. baseball player. Um, so that was cool. And me and Lou got into it pretty feverishly over text because <laughs> Lou said Derek Jeter was overrated, which I thought was which just the is. most crazy take I've ever heard. Um, he is, but you know we'll we'll keep that conversation for a different day. Yeah, my phone was blowing up when that happened. Uh, what's Derek up, Jeter was like my favorite athlete of life, and for Lou to call him overrated was a triggering moment. I can't understand me. that. I apologize for bursting your bubble with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's on my mind? It's still Ohio State football. Thankfully, not a whiteout this weekend. This is the, uh, the hard part, right? Being an Ohio State fan, you guys talked about it earlier. You joked about it, but, you know. I go. I feel pretty confident about Ohio State's football team this year. Ohio State looks really good, right? He scored fifty four points on Iowa. Had only allowed fifty nine all year. I, f- I felt good. Like they struggled and still scored fifty four points. 
I'm just in the past, Ohio State's looked really good a lot of times, right? 2015, 2019. These are some great Ohio State teams. And you just you come up short. So I'm just I, I'm confident going into Penn State, but I just I it, we've got such a good thing going. I don't want Penn State to burst this bubble. And it just it happened before. I saw it in 2016. We're the number two team in the country. We go into Happy Valley, some fluke stuff happens, just and then you lose on like just uh, I hate Penn State. Graham Haley will score. I hate Penn State. And I thankfully it's not a night game here. Um it's a noon game. I, I fully expect Ohio State to beat the brakes off of Penn State. But you have like, a little bit of worry. But there's always that little bit of worry playing a this I mean, this is the best team we've played all year. I mean, Notre Dame was hard, but that was early. Notre Dame hasn't figured it out right. They lost to Marshall and Stanford. Um, but, I mean, Penn State's the most talented team we've played year to date. They, they're the closest thing to Ohio State talent-wise. So, yeah, there's a Young, little bit no. of nervous. Young. Young. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's 49-24. It's just such a long game when you play Ohio State. Like, Iowa, there's like... I don't know, maybe four minutes left in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter. They're kind of in the mix. They make a defensive touchdown. Like, and then somehow they still score like 50 points. You just have to be so good against this Ohio State team every single play. Yeah. You have to be really like, that's the thing is with Ohio State this year is they've done a lot of this, like, uh, you know, 12 man sets, I think is what it's called, where it's like there's multiple tight ends, there's fullbacks. Like, so Ohio State will run the ball against you, right? You got two guys averaging seven yards a carry, right? So if you put those guys in the box, okay, cool. Well, let's put eight in the box. Well, then you got all Americans on the outside with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Abuka, number one wide receivers, and CJ Stroud making NFL throws. So it's like, how do you want to lose? So you have to be really good on, really sound on defense. And then you also have to be willing to run the ball against Ohio State. Or you have to control the clock. If you can't control the clock, Ohio State scores in a hurry. And when they score in a hurry, I mean, they're 36 of 36 in the red zone. If you can't stop <laughs> Ohio State from scoring and you can't, keep, you can't keep the ball, Ohio State scores 21 points in a matter of minutes. And you're like, then you got to ask Sean Clifford to be the Heisman candidate. You want him to be, Ty. I know. He just doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have it, unless it's a whiteout, but we are home. It's just not there. I want that. I I like the guy. guy. He's grinding. He's grinding, and he's got something nipping at his heels, and he's still holding down the program. Who do you think's older, Ryan or Sean Clifford? (laughs) I think think Sean Clifford is older. (laughs) I think it's sneak close. It's not close. I assure you, it's not close. Um, but yeah, big game, big game, um, big game for Lou coming up, right? World Series, Astros back again. Phillies, Astros, not really excited, but maybe for my man Lou. No one cares about this World Series, but us. Uh, it starts on Friday. Jaquan Brisker had a nice interception last night. Yeah, you know who stinks? Do you want to talk about the Patriots or no? Because there's there's a lot. There's actually good card storylines in the Jets and and. Patriots game for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Because I think with on the Jets side, Brees Hall, who we just talked about last week, is like the biggest guy, possibly the most successful guy from this draft class, maybe outside of like a Pickens and Kenny, maybe out for the year with torn ACL. And yeah, then on that the other, sucks. It's brutal. And then on the other side, you have these two quarterbacks: one who was 
everyone was buying last year and it was the most obvious thing of all time. That was a bad decision. And now you have this guy this year who everyone's spending money on. Ryan, what did you say they were selling for? You told me before the show. Uh, I Bailey saw Zappi. Score, score rookie cards last night going for 30 and $40. I just don't know how that's a good idea for anyone to spend 30 and $40 on Bailey Zappi. It's not. Thank you. So that's a terrible financial decision. That is a horrible. Waste of and I money. and I, if you are a Patriots fan and you love score, that's awesome. You should definitely buy that. But if you have any intention of making money on those cards, that is not something you should be doing. That is like Clyde Edwards Hilaire Don Russ two That's exactly what it is. It's just a mess. So, uh, and it doesn't help that the team stinks. The Patriots stink. Uh, the quarterback stinks. The defense stinks. So. Um, I expect the Jets to win this weekend. Yeah, we're on to next year. I'm taking the Jets motto. I mean, there's always next season. Like, yeah. Bill Belichick looks rough. And I saw you guys talked about it earlier. Like, yeah, Bill Belichick's doing terrible without Tom Brady. It's a losing record. I'm like, yeah, Bill Belichick's good coach, right? Is he? He's, it's, yeah, I think so. Based on what? What he did with Brady. Yeah, Brady was awesome for him. Another guy who's finished. It's a real shame. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is Chase. Dink. It's not even him. That's the crazy part. Apparently, it's just the receivers are dropping balls left and Did right. Did you see that Mike Evans drop? Yeah, brutal. I didn't see it. Oh, Did you my see the goodness. ref trying to get his autograph Walk. after the game? Yeah, he did. Know, he signed it for him. That was wild. I couldn't believe that was even happening. Mike Evans has a walk-in touchdown. Walk-in, Brady, right on the... Yeah, Jay said 10.8 yards of separation. Nobody near this dude. It just doesn't... I mean, he hits just, him right just, in the hands. Just, just drops straight it. Straight dropped it? Just drops it. Same thing happens yeah. to Zach Wilson every week. <clears throat> Sheesh. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Bright, Br- Brees Hall has done a lot for the Jets. And that's what's disappointing, right? It's 2022. We, we talked about this early in the season. We talked about this so much. I remember making a comment about you're going to need somebody outside of Kenny Pickett to do something in this class for these cards to have any value. 2022 has been so weak so far. Mm-hmm. We see Malik Willis get a little bit of time. You see Bailey Zappi selling for unra- outrageous amounts of money. And then you see Brees Hall. You're like, okay, Brees Hall like actually looks good. He was an RB1. I mean, he was really good. He was on my fantasy team. Uh, and then for him to get hurt, that 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 stinks. So Pickens had another touchdown again. Hopefully he does something. But you're going to need somebody from 2022 to do something. This This draft class has not really done a whole lot so far. Taking a look at the Rookie of the Year odds... Really, the guy you want to have right now, I would say, is probably Chris Olave because he's a wide receiver, so that's at least more exciting. After that, it's Kenny Walker, Damian Pierce, yeah. and Wandale Robinson. Yeah, I guess those are those are two I forgot. Kenneth Walker and Damian Pierce have done pretty well. Kenneth Walker's good. He is good, he's but good. it's just the, it's the same thing with Brees. It's like the most replaceable position of all time. Like, yep. Kenny Walker will be out of Seattle in four years. Yeah, I mean, four years ago, three years ago, they had Chris Carson. <laughs> that's a, Actually, yeah, that's a really good job. That's exactly right. Right? Kenny I mean, Walker's best great. case scenario is probably Chris Carson and like you know what I do want to talk about it has card implications because this stuff has definitely we sold some this weekend when he got traded but so that's McCaffrey have you seen there was a tweet about it and gosh I would love to find it have you seen what the Niners have done with the running back position with like their drafts and their their fan their offseason moves they've spent like oh my gosh yeah, yeah, their whole see, thing is they just rotate running backs in and out. Now they have well, CMC. Well, they've spent a lot of capital on that. Yeah. That was my point. They've spent like set a first kind of rounder, a second rounder, do, a third rounder. It it was wild. Let me see. Yeah, I, I mean, this find. is not a sports talk show, but their entire offense is based around zone runs, so they need to find running backs who can do that well. Yeah, here you go. So this was by Warren Sharp. This was tweeted 
April in 2020, right? It says, this is what their front office has done for running backs since John Lynch took over in 2017. I'll go quick. They had two undrafted free agents, Brieta and Mostart, right? Those guys did well. Talks about who they draft, right? Since that time, since that tweet, they took a third round running back in 2021. They used a third back, third round on a running back in 2022. And they used a sixth round draft pick on a running back in 2021. And they traded all of this for Christian McCaffrey. A second next year, a third next year, a fourth next year, and a fifth the following year. What, do you, what else What else would you eh, like to do? I don't know about do? everything else. Jimmy G stinks. Well, they tried to address the quarterback position. The guy popped his ankle. Like, what are you going to do? You got to figure it out. Yeah, I get it. Maybe trade for Mac Jones. Listen, someone said something funny. If Sam Darnold and uh, Baker Mayfield can get second round picks, like Mac Jones should be like three first rounders based on Baker didn't get a second. He got a he got a or, uh, sorry. I'm he got a fifth. Sam and there was somebody else too. I forgot who it was. What about another interesting thing that has implications on cards? I think people should probably be cautious about is I talked about it yesterday in my story. I texted you guys. No, Ty, you and I went back and forth a little bit about it. But the Colts mm-hmm. doing exactly what I thought the Vikings would end up doing. Vikings, like you said, Tyler, are probably a, a better run franchise. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's just surprising to see that. I know you said Jonathan Taylor hasn't played much this year. His stuff's probably mm-hmm. down. Um, but going to Sam Ellinger and basically saying, hey, Matt Ryan's hurt, but we would have done this regardless. We're going to see with Ellinger. This is the, kind of the same sentiment I thought that would happen with Minnesota, where it's like, Next year's draft class is so good for quarterbacks. I mean, you have Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, among others. Like, those are two big names. Those will likely be two of the first four picks. You got to see at some point. If you're just like, hey, we just can't figure it out. Like, the the Colts can't figure it out. I think you got to see what the next guy has to offer at some point. If you know you have a shot at one of those two, hopefully, franchise-changing quarterbacks. Ohio State quarterbacks haven't exactly shown that in the NFL. Um but I was curious your guys' thought. But one, the Colts, I don't know. When I look at the Colts, I think it's something's easy to got, say that Something's got to give for my man Andrew Luck to just walk away from the game. Right? Something's got to get like, okay, maybe there's something going on there. Then whoever's myriading around, da, 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 then they bring in Matty Ice. I'm a gut guy, but like, where are you going with Matty Ice nowadays? In the real estate. Yeah, but you got the you have a one A or one B running back. You have the best guard in football. You've got a one A one B running like, back. Really doesn't matter. Just to be super clear, who's the single best running back in the NFL? I mean, everybody's healthy. I'm taking Taylor. I mean, Henry's up there, and he it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, let's not get carried away. I mean, he's had some crazy good games so far. People that know the NFL would say. Running back's the most replaceable position in the league. So what I'm trying I'm not to say saying is it's not replaceable, but it doesn't hurt like to have the best one in the league. Again, doesn't I agree hurt. it's replaceable. I'm not arguing it's replaceable, but I'm also not arguing that like, yeah, just because Jonathan Taylor is replaceable means we should have fucking Matt Brieta instead. Like those no, are not the same. My point was the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are in a far different place than the Colts and Matty Ryan were. The Vikings run a well-oiled franchise. I am slightly biased based on certain relationships I have with those folks. But they, for a long period of time, have run a nice franchise up north, except for the fact when they lost like five Super Bowls in a row way back when. Purple people is one of the great nicknames. For you to 
think that anything other than Matt Ryan getting benched seven games in, what's going to be the outcome, is crazy to me. Kirk Cousins is different. I think Kirk's got two more years, and then they'll start maybe drafting someone and do it properly where they give him a nice 18-month runway, and then they bring him in. Before Washington happened and before... Like, the Ursay is, like, the original bad guy owner. He's just one of, the, like, the he's just a crazy guy. He's a wild and crazy guy. He gets after it, for sure. But I think, I think the, the point in all this is I would, I would be cautious on Sam Ellinger's stuff. Most Likewise. definitely. Sam Ellinger Unless is he getting comes out and op- drops 404 tunnies. Yeah, I'm not, I would just be cautious, right? Me like, too. he's, they're going to want to see a lot out of Sam Ellinger to go forward with Sam Ellinger as the, as the future of that team. If not, they will make a decision in the draft and that will write the ship for Ellinger. So I'm just not sure I would go buy $40 score rookie cards of Sam Ellinger because he was named the starter. I just, I think those have long-term consequences in cards. I just projecting this out for 12 months from now, do you think Sam Ellinger stuff will be more or less than it is currently selling for right now? My answer would be less. So I would just be cautious that if you're a Sam Ellinger fan and you're like, hey, I'm his number one fan. I loved him at UT. Got to get some Sam Ellinger stuff. That is different if you have cash to spend on that. I think if you're like, hey, Sam Ellinger is the next Tom Brady, that's a much riskier conversation, especially in a... uh, in a world where cards and many other things are not necessarily on fire, they're actually the opposite. Um, so I would be cautious on buying Sam Ellinger and forty dollars score Bailey's happy rookies. Yeah, I think um, if you put it in the context of they're trying him out to be their backup going forward, it makes a little bit more sense. Like I think no matter what, if they're changing their organizational strategy to drafting a quarterback rather than going with these veterans year after year, Sam Ellinger is probably trying out for a backup role more than anything, which yeah, is a no, good like, role to be Like in. you said, Sam Ellinger wins the Super Bowl this year or goes to the AFC title. Sure. It's a different conversation. Like, it is. I'm not Come betting on. on that to happen. They're not going yeah. nowhere. Yeah, again, the division kind of stinks. Like, it's not that crazy to say, but, like, he's not very talented, I would say. His upside's probably lower. Yeah, Jay's right. 3-3-1, three, three and one, like... They're probably not comp- drafting at the top of the draft this year. Again, to say, I don't think anyone should be buying Sam Ellinger cards for the long term, but they're not in like a just throw it all away phase right now, I don't think, just by default of their division being so bad. All right, let's uh, let's get into some Facebook questions. Jason, we've got a couple of them ready. Uh, Dom says, what's Tyler's plan for London? Let's grab a pint. Oh, I'm into it. My plan for London is... Uh, Going to the show, likely both days. Um, going to some Prem League matches, Fulham, Everton, and um, Fulham, Everton, and Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, as it currently stands. Uh, Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, Wednesday, November 2nd, I'm looking at putting on a little 1.37 p.m. happy hour while we're over there. So, Dom. Hit me up on IG, uh, DM, and I would love to grab a pint. I'm saying the first half of the visit in Kensington on the west side, second half of the visit uh, in Shoreditch on the east side. Actually not staying in Shoreditch, staying in Holborn. Um, And trying to bounce around and do some different things. New prime minister in London. 
a lot happening in London. And then I'm going to hang with Rye. We're going to record an episode. Um, Penn State's going to pull the just the classic October upset at home. I actually really don't believe that, but I'm just going to say that. Um, and Saturday night post show car talk recording post Ohio State game. There's Penn State bars in London, boys. I don't know. For sure, there's Penn State bars. There's Penn State everywhere. I don't know about Ohio State. There's definitely Penn State bars. In yeah, definitely Penn State bars. Okay. There's the biggest alumni network in the world. Good for something over here. Maybe we don't average 45 a game, but. I think it's 49, but yeah. That's the plan. Get in the mix. What about Rye? Rye, what's, what's, your, what's your sitch? Yeah, so this was a last minute thing. Obviously, I've never talked about this yet, um, but we are going. Um, never been to London, never been to Europe. Um, really haven't been outside the country much. So this will, uh, this will be a, a fun time. So if you have any recommendations on what to do, would love to, uh, would love to hear that. We'll, uh, we'll be over there with Reg for a few days as well. Post show won't be there nearly as long as Tyler. Um, but the plan is to go Saturday for sure. I'm not sure on Sunday yet. Um, Brian is, uh, the video, my videographer will be flying home Sunday. So I'm not sure what our plan is Sunday, like what we're going to try to do, but want to try to get some content over there, likely film some, some car talk stuff, post that uh, live from London. Uh, but yeah, just enjoy it. Never, uh, like I said, never been over there and excited to see what it's all about. Uh, it's, I'm really, really looking forward to this actually, uh, you know, you hear that there's a card market over there, but it's, likely different than what we deal with it's probably a lot more soccer right don't see that as much as the shows i go to so i think it'll be fun i'm uh i'm looking forward to it but yeah like i said if you have any recommendations definitely uh shoot me a dm on ig doug hurley says what are the major factors to help decide to sell or hold in a down market so i personally think this is more of a personal situation than it is a, a player's potential outcome as much. Uh, I think this is, uh, there's a couple things I think about when I decide to sell something. Um, one, am I making something, right? Am I making a profit or am I taking a loss? Uh, two, what do I need the cash that I'm selling the item for, right? Am I putting it back into the market where I'm going to, do I have a better investment? Do I need the money to pay my bills, right? I'm talking mortgage, insurance, car payment, phone bill, etc. Um, there's there's a lot of factors that go into this, right? Do you expect the card to continue to drop? Is this a card you would want to own in 20 years, right? I bought a 52 Mantle a month ago. That's a card I, it might drop, right? It might go down 10, 20, 30%. I don't know. I don't have any idea. It could go up, but that's a card I'm content with holding for 30, 40 years, right? As a retirement piece, not, uh, I use Justin Herbert a lot, so we use that. I mean, Bailey Zappi, right? Like a Bailey Zappi, patch auto sells for hundreds of dollars. That's not something I'm necessarily gung-ho on keeping for 30, 40 years. So I think that there's a lot of factors that go into it, but a lot of it for me is like everybody's personal finances are different, right? Like some people are uh, just call a spade a spade. Some people are probably over leveraged in sports cards, right? The card market was at an all time high. It was crazy. Everybody listening can attest to that. Um, so I think a lot of people have a lot of sports cards. So although it may sting to sell some at a loss, there's nothing saying that this isn't going to get worse. There's nothing saying that the market is not at the bottom yet. It could get worse, right? So 
it, it may be better to take it now because the way I look at it is if you sell it and you have a lot of sports cards and the market rebounds, well, everything else you have may rebound, right? So you have potential upside there. But if it continues to go down, the consequences could be far more severe. So I think, I, I think for me, I think the goal, I mentioned it last time, like when you, it was like two weeks ago, the question came in on like, what are you buying and selling at the moment? I think our thing is things we can sell in seven days. I I think we're, we're trying to be pretty liquid on stuff, pretty lean. And when the market is as volatile as it is right now, it's real high and real low on some things. Again, Bailey Zappi is the person that's really, really hot. And you see guys like, you know, Justin Herbert, they lost to Seattle. Herbert stuff can't be hot right now. Mac Jones stuff can't be hot, right? So the market is so, um, so quick to react. We talked about it earlier this year. You guys shit on Joe Burrow. You smoked him. My man threw 400 yards and five touchdowns four touchdowns like he's one of he's the only player to ever do that multiple times whatever the stat line was like 500 yards and four tds or 400 yards five tds he's the only player to ever do that more than one time like joe burrow stuff do i think joe burrow stuff should have a 20 percent rise no not at all right but that's that's not what the market does people are like oh joe burrow they're back they're good they're gonna win the super bowl like people are so quick to react on that and i think with the volatility of the market with what's going on in the world right now, I don't think it makes sense to be as invested in guys that could change so rapidly. I think that's more of a risk. So I think a lot of the decision to buy or sell at this point has to do with everybody's personal financial situation and their own investment in sports cards. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think there is, it's very clear as a non deeply educated in the finance world, um, what, is currently the state of economy, the state of inflation, the state of all things, extra spending capital and cash. Obviously, things were so crazy during COVID. People were flush everywhere. Um, deals left, right, and center, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for me, the major factors that helped me to decide whether to sell or hold in a down market, this is how I kind of rock and roll. I do think lower poise, price point stuff um, is still a play. I think when you take margins into consideration, like just this past week, I went on Twitter and I very much enjoyed doing a nice little deal, bought two cards, SGC 10, Josh Giddy, who I like. I've always liked him. I think, uh, I, and my mindset in this purchase is I think Australian fans are incredibly passionate and I think he's their guy. So I think that there's a market for that. Bought a $65 card. I like Josh Giddy a lot. I like to have inventory so when I go to shows, I can do some trading, I can do some dealing, and I think there's a little bit of leverage in that card. Maybe I, you move that card, you buy for 65, you sell for 80, 75, margins, it's a nice little play. And I did it on Twitter, so it wasn't kind of tax or anything like that. Then I got a Devonta Smith card for 55 bucks, SGC 10, Eagles on fire, right? So for me, this is also... A hobby, right? Is $10 changing my life? I'm in a grateful position that no, it's not. But to be in the mix, to be able to do some deals, connect with people, exchange some stories, that's how I'm thinking about these things. So for me, I bought two cards recently that were predominantly around me staying active in the hobby, me being able to engage with some more people, support someone that's selling stuff. That's how I think about I'm in a lucky position that I can have a little bit of XX capital to do that. I'm not buying $400 cards. I'm not buying coming at it from $700 cards. I'm not really thinking about that. If I was, 
those are things that I'm collecting. What I think is really fun right now is that we should be thinking back to this as a hobby, collecting, engaging, having fun with people, being sport fans, and having insights and intuitions that can be also put into business and other things in other areas, right? So that that's what I'm thinking about. How do I factor if I need to sell is real life stuff. Like if you need money for things like your rent or home situation, food, maybe you have a ton of things, cards that you've acquired over time and you know, Christmas is coming and you want to get some gifts for your family or stuff like that. And you have to make decisions to sell some things to do some other things because those things will make you happy. That's how I would think about it. Otherwise, I think that we need to have a long-term look, uh, a a long-term outlook on where things are going. We need to be patient. We need to think about in four years, if and when the economy is in a stable position or this is in the past, just like March 2020 was over two years ago, uh, will I be upset? Put it under your bed and hold on to it, right? There is a lot of panic. There is a lot of doom. There is a lot of Facebook's down 60% as a stock from its high in this year alone, right? One of the behemoth innovative American companies like taking a – so like it's everywhere. Um, But I think the thing that people do need to do – is take a deep breath. Life will continue to move forward. If it's money that is greatly impacting your safety, health, etc., we don't need stuff. If it's not, take a deep breath. Enjoy it as a hobby. This enjoy it as a hobby, and this too shall pass. Yeah, my entire sentiment is what Tyler just said. I was going to go into that, but take a deep breath and chill is my general statement. Yeah, I think at times. It's, it's, it's what everyone is under an immense amount of, whether it's stress or anxiety or, or handling all that's happening in the world, however they may be still, even from the last two years of COVID, cause I know, cause I'm dealing with all this stuff myself, everyone's got a lot of pent up stuff right now. And we should be thinking about this hobby and sports cards and even being able to do this podcast as a release, as entertainment, as fun and, and a little bit more lighthearted, um, because Obviously, there's a lot of heavy things going on, and whether it's we're talking about you have sports cards and you need to sell them because you need money to fund living and eating and like mental health and clarity, yes, you should do that. If it's not that, take a step back and let's enjoy this and 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 think about this as a hobby. This stuff has gotten a very ridiculous, prices on boxes, all that, but you can still dumb it down, and cards are selling for $20 on eBay, left, right, and center, and whether it's you're a Patriots fan and want to laugh about the memory that you'll remember when Bailey Zappi came in and was benched and you weren't sure he was a backup and want to spend $20 to put that on your desk for the next eight months, that's what that card can, can do for you. Cody, uh, Cody says, with the impending transition to Fanatics and the uncertainty surrounding that, does options like Pokemon or Upper Deck licenses, etc., become more attractive given their comparative stability in the near future? No, I don't, I don't think that has any impact on. Uh, I would agree. How I do things, the cards yeah, are the cards. Would, like, I think yep. people are trying to make more of more of, of that than there actually is. Like, if you want to buy hockey, you buy upper deck. If you want to buy basketball, you buy panini. That's 
Yeah, and I, I, I just don't think it's fair to say that, like, Fanatics, like, there's uncertainty around Fanatics and that transition's going to be tough. Uh, Fanatics is a huge business. They're going to figure out how to transition with this this stuff. They're going to have things in place. There will be speed bumps, but that's just how it goes. It, it's going to be a learning curve, I, I'm sure, but I'm, I'm confident it, these things will get figured out in time. And, and I think it's also important that, like, it's going to be figured out to, like, how Fanatics wants to figure it out. Maybe not how every single person in cards wants it figured out. Like... Just because you don't like it or we don't like it or somebody doesn't like it doesn't mean it's not what Fanatics wants, right? Like, how many cards they're going to produce? Are they going to add sets? Are they going to remove sets? What's Redemption's going to look like, right? I saw Ruben said something about, like, removing Redemptions. Like, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, it's just it's, it's going to take time. And I don't think that taking time to figure it out adds anything to Upper Deck or Pokemon. I don't think you're going to see much change as that transition happens. I think it's going to be a lot of business as usual until Fanatics gets a lot of things under the belt, and then it's just going to be more more Fanatic-driven. We'll see. Uh, Adam James says, with Wem- uh, Wembenaya's recent play and the hype surrounding the future number one pick, when will be the best time to buy his cards? Wait, it, it, this is hard, because what, what are you trying to gain from his stuff, right? The first cards that come out will sell for a fortune, a fortune fortune if you believe he's going to be the best thing ever like the next lebron then yeah maybe his stuff is a buy at the beginning if you think it's he's going to be the best thing ever but let's not kid ourselves that if victor Wembanaya has cards through any of the card manufacturers and has a deal his stuff will not be rare it will be widely available. It, there will be tons of it, right? It's like a Bailey Zappi scorecard. There will be some things that will be rare, right? Prism, golds, and NTRPAs. And those things may have value, but those things are going to cost a lot of money. Um, I'm not sure that there's a right answer on when to buy his stuff. Like, there's just so much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't have a really good answer on when to buy it. Like, it just seems like the cost of entry is going to be so expensive and the expectations are so high it's going to be hard to, to pay off. It's it's going to be interesting when his stuff comes out because he's going to be like Zion 2.0, I think. Well, I was thinking about Zion. Obviously, the hype around this kid is crazy to me. To your point, what are we looking to accomplish? Um, you know, if you're looking to make money off of Wembayama, I would say there's going to be a lot of people looking to do the same. I would say, especially in this market, zigging when people are zagging makes the most sense. I'm not sure if we think about Zion and all the hype that Zion had and you think about where Zion is X years into his career and Bowl Bowl had a career night last night against the New York Knicks. <laughs> Summer league MVP. Night. He was making plays, by the way. Career night. Um, yeah, I would just be thoughtful. Like, what? when will be the best time to buy his cards? When he's in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, or collect and then sit on it until he's in the hall of fame right i I mean maybe a worn jersey in france is the play right but like i don't think i think that there is a immense amount of luck that would be involved in making short-term money off wembayama and to me that would look like hitting a big time pull in a product not or or getting something exclusive off panini like a panini instant or like like panini rewards something they do where it's like hey not everybody has access to this it's like a first come first serve like you got to be quick on it i think there's opportunity to make money there if it's underpriced um but But you also got to be realistic about that right like 
I went to Atlantic City on Thursday night for my boy's one night bachelor party, even though he has is married and has a kid, and I got smoked. Like uh, Wembyama, you everyone is thinking this. Everyone is thinking the same. First ticket, you know. That, oh, I would imagine someone's getting the overtime appearance in Vegas ticket graded. I like every single aspect of this kid's career is going to try to be collected and uh, latched onto for profit. So, like you guys are saying, unless there's a a drop where you have a limited opportunity to get something and you're the first one in and you happen to be able to beat the bots on Panini's website and get something like it's going to be a while is the right answer before you can make money on a card. So I also wouldn't think of it that way. Like that's the wrong way to consider it. Yeah. I think we're a ways away from those cards being out too. And I think there's a lot more that has to happen in the global economic world that will, will matter on some of these things based on, current production and release timelines we're not going to see victor Wembanyama in an nba uniform in a in a tier one release for panini or whoever for two Two and a half years yeah like it's going to be a long time we just got cards of of chet and paolo banchero and it just got and it's like not even the regular it's like what is what releases it immaculate collegiate yeah like nba jersey real stuff isn't coming for a long time oh no no long 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 time I just texted, DM'd him in July of 2020. Try and do a little 1.37 p.m. coverage on Wimbiama. You did? Ghosted. Yeah, got ghosted, rightfully so. Yeah. Dang, we tried. We tried. All right, last question before we move on to play of the week. Uh, Dan Miller, if you pull a 101 and know it's not going to gem but still want to slab it, do you authenticate it or take the grade no matter how it is or how low it is? Or is there a cutoff? authenticate anything you think will be below an eight or maybe it doesn't matter so i think this is different for every card every case are you keeping it are you selling it it depends personally when i slab stuff i would prefer an eight or higher if i want a number grade i would anything's eight seven and a half or lower i would take an authentic that's me personally everybody's different i think that's typically the cutoff for resale value as well i think eight is where you're like hey we're not going to get crushed on versus raw price i think anything less than that it just makes sense to have it authentic yeah it's very set, set specific we were also talking about it in the uh player of the week winner chat this weekend that's funny i i said like seven like a psa seven i'm okay with but like a bgs seven i don't think i would be okay with so it's like one of those weird things where that's like the borderline seven eight i don't really i've never pulled a one-on-one i hate so. i hate authentic that drives me nuts personally but i have what I was just thinking about is the World Cup. I have some Mason Mount. I have a Mason Mount 101. I'm really excited for the World Cup. I'm really just excited to watch the World Cup. England, USA, day after Thanksgiving is going to be electric. Um, that's that's Thanksgiving, Black Friday in shop, the World Cup, England versus USA, and Ohio State, Michigan in a 72-hour period. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't have an opinion. I think... You two nailed it on the head. And I have a one-on-one Jalen Brunson that I bought at Ohio, not at Ohio State, in Ohio at trade night. And he's now the next point guard. All right, let's get into into play of the week. All right, got a big one here. Uh, This is from Ruben in the shop. In March of 2021, a couple months after getting back into cards and finding your podcast, I submitted some cards to PSA from my childhood collection. MJ, Kobe, Duncan, and this 2000 Topps Gold Label Jam artist kg garnett was my pc as a kid 
But as a diehard Laker fan, KG is now synonymous with Boston, so the card had to go. The card was pulled from a box I got at Frank and Sons over 20 years ago. Fast forward to June of 2022, and my childhood cards were back from PSA. Surprise, surprise, the KG came back as a Jemmy. It's a pop two with only 33 graded. I listed it high, hoping to field offers. The other PSA 10 sold at auction for 130. I fielded lots of offers, ranging from 80 to 130. Multiple from a single buyer who refused the idea of paying higher than the previous comp. Luckily for me, someone else came along. I couldn't click fast enough when the offer of $220 came through. While stubborn pricing is not a great game plan, some, some cards buck the trend. Yeah. Low pop. It's a cool KD card. I don't think I've ever seen that card before. So, yeah, I think it is a cool KD card. Yeah, you stick to, shout stick out to your Ruben. Ruben. Shout out Ruben. Shop. I I do think we have to point out that this was sold via promoted listing, which does take some sort of a percentage. So the cost of uh, uh, we see that all the time on here. Yeah, we do. We do. So it's it's good to see that it works, but it definitely costs more to sell. There's some sort of fee there. Mm-hmm. I think you can set what the fee is. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a significant amount more. I mean, that's, it's so funny to me, like promoted listings, just the way that I consume, like I immediately just buy, like, I, I don't look into promoted listings cause I'm like, ah, it's like a gotcha in the same way that I think sponsored content on Twitter, even though like I'm in kind of that business at times, but yesterday I saw a promoted Instagram from some kid that had like 700 followers that shot DeAndre Hopkins comeback video. That was actually fire. And I reached out to him. I was like, nice work on that whole thing. My main takeaway from this, my main takeaway from this is that because KG was now synonymous with Boston and he's a Laker fan, he had to sell it, which I so respect. And also brings me back to the fact that Jason Tatum wore a Lakers armband during a Celtics playoff game last year. And it annoyed me so much so much that's my takeaway not only did he never mind yeah wear it wore it and posted about it and that was weird <laughs> it was so weird yeah if zeke did that for michigan i would like disown him right it'd be like no you're done bro you're done yeah, yeah cj like, shroud gotta... was like looking up to tom brady for advice like that'd be tough yeah, no, it could. Yeah, no. like that's a good, actually a good comp, I would say. Yeah, no, no shot in a million years. Yeah. It was zero percent chance. Wearing maize and gold on his wrist no, during I the Penn State game and posting a text the to him. Cut him from the team. Next. <laughs> oh, uh, Starstock. Let's uh, go. Throwback. Is it Aaron seventeen fifty six? Matt. Matt says second shot of play of the week have been active on the old star stock site though they don't accept new cards you can still buy raw cards on their site discovered that the highest rated a raw cards on site gem at a much higher rate mm-hmm. have been focusing on the josh allen rated rookie card so far i've bought graded and sold 29 of them of the 29 i've gotten one eight eight nines and 20 tens have spent $1,794 on cards and $696 on grading. The sales on, of the 29 cards on eBay and MySlabs have generated $5,905 in sales, leaving a nice profit of $3,414. I didn't even know Starstock was still in business. W, what a play. Because <laughs> you're right, it's like Starstock shut down pretty much as far as I understand it. Like, I don't I don't know the whole deal, but they haven't been doing anything as far as I know in card space. So, like, jump. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, this is more like a question about Starstock. Like, 
aren't they like months behind on sending people their cards back, but they're still sending out fresh orders to people that are buying on it? That seems Yeah, I don't know shitty. how that all works. Yeah, that's tough if they're behind on orders, but filling out these new ones, that's really that's unfortunate wild. if that's the case. But I don't I don't know the yeah, I don't, I don't know the details. Um This is a great job. Cause I've heard this too. I remember hearing this back in the day about how they're higher higher graded raw card, higher numbered raw cards, whatever the proper term is. They grade out I mean, really well. This is awesome. The, the idea uh, of it is very cool. Like if you're like, hey, this actually works. This is proof of this. If he's buying A's, like it's proof that it like proof of concept. I mean, what's that? Sixty percent, like sixty six percent accuracy. That's pretty good. Yep. Um. So it's a beautiful play. I love seeing Matt Arnold, thirty two followers, paying attention to the pod, making plays on Star Stock. Like clearly has a focused game plan. Uh, to pick up some dollars during this like market and time, and I think it's a very commendable thing. My gut would say he's a Buffalo Bills fan, which is like lean into your passions and interests and find a way to make some stuff happen. All right, this is from Celtics Card Zero, uh, right on cue about Jason Tatum. Uh, this is about three weeks ago. I was browsing some eBay auctions and came across this Tatum Crown Royal Rookie Auto ending. It was at a really low price, in my opinion. I was able to win the auction for two eighty, which was surprising to me. After taxes, it was about $303. I knew this would be an easy flip once the basketball hype started to gain some momentum, and I was proven correct when I accepted an offer of $400 last Saturday. After fees, my net profit was only $41.79, but just really shows a trend in the hobby I've been seeing lately that leads to very easy flips, which is simply being ahead of the hype. Uh-huh. When someone was buying football, these basketball auctions were slipping under the radar for the low. Now that basketball season is really gaining momentum, I'll probably look to baseball as I think that might be a play. We've been saying this since day one on the show. That's yeah, just zig a, when others add. Yeah, this uh, we actually literally just said it like five minutes ago. Tyler did. Um, this is a very good explanation of what we've always said: stay ahead of the curve. When baseball's hot, you do football. When football's hot, you do basketball. Like it's very straightforward and continues to work every single month. All right, next play. Uh, this is from Penthouse Cards. It says my girlfriend had an old classmate that was clearing out her house with her with her boyfriend. They had over a hundred thousand cards. A lot of completed sets that they didn't want and were going to throw them out until she she heard that I collected cards. I took them in and went uh, went to town searching for cards. I filled a five-row shoebox with singles for shows, made packs to give out to kids, and found some Kobe rookies, Jeter rookies, and 1990 Marvel Universe superhero and villain cards, which are mint. The biggest find, though, was in a box labeled incorrectly because inside was 86 Fleer basketball. It had some stickers in there as well. No Jordans. I sold a Kobe rookie to purchase top loaders for the shoebox and already had 500 in value and used it to purchase some boots for work and some top loaders for the value box. All in all, have about 3K profit before the cards come back from PSA in this collection. Very lucky I've received this. Can't wait to see the smile on kids' faces when they get some free packs. That's crazy. That's a big old stack of 86 Fleer and those look clean. Crispy clean. 96 Kobe rookie. But I think this is a play at the moment. Like, and I love how that he's like, hey, I use these to buy boots for work. Like, low low flips, right? Adds up, and it doesn't have to be $15,000 cards. It can be boxes that require a little bit of work and some free time, and it, it leads to things. And that's, that's, that is what play of the house or play of the week is, uh, is for. So shout out to Penthouse Cards for the, for the play. Michael Ryan Day. Love it. Ryan Day. I mean, <laughs> nice. I mean absolutely love that. Scouting report for our next Penn State. 
Uh, I was on, <laughs> he says, I was on, uh, I was working on scouting report for our next opponent during lunch downtime on my desk. And I heard of our offensive QC say that Ellinger was named the starter. I thought it was a great idea to go on comp C quickly, buy him some stuff and flip them quickly. So he's got a picture, bought a, like a copper die cut of Ellinger from select for 15 bucks, sold it for 19 Bought an Ellinger Disco Prism for nine sixty, sold it for thirteen thirty. Bought Ellinger Prism Base, bought one at four twenty five, one four forty nine, sold them both for nine twenty six. And then bought a Green Select uh, Pulsar Prism. Or I'm sorry, it was from Prism Green Pulsar for six eighty three, sold it for nine fifty. Love it. This is what Com C has been good for over the years. I don't use it as much anymore, but I definitely did this back in the day, and I think this is uh this is this is. There's opportunity here if you know what you're looking for. I think this is where eBay Vault as a product will also come into play for some of these quick things and like liquidity and being able to make some margins if and when it gets to scale of like someone could go on and do something similar. Yeah, I think the the, the ability to buy and tra- uh, buy and sell, right, to make transactions at a much quicker pace uh, is uh, is going to be a big part of the future of cards. So, all right, let's uh, let's pick a winner real quick. Mine is the uh, Starstock Buffalo Bills Matt Arnold play. So is mine, but I anticipate there being some negative feedback on that. Oh yeah, I have no context on where Starstock Me currently either. sits as a business or what they've done. There's a lot of them. I'm going to go with Com C. I like the Com C play. I like the hey, this happened. Make transactions quick. Right, it doesn't have to be a million dollars. There's a lot of them here. I like the penthouse cards one. I think that one's pretty good. Uh, mine, mine would be the the Ellinger one, um, but two v one. So we'll uh, we'll go with the Starstock one. So sweet, Matt Arnold, good work. Congrats, Matt. He's an Ohio State fan, by the way. I went on his Instagram. All right, so Ty has to go, but Lou and I are going to wrap this up here. We've uh we've got to do new releases. Got a couple things releasing this week, Lou. It's actually uh it's not a bad little month here. We're getting. Some new products. Trying to get 2022 football in. That's black football. Mm. Panini Black drops this week. You also have a big one in basketball. You have select basketball. But that talks to your point about Victor Wembanaya because we're getting Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, those guys, Scotty Barnes, right? We're getting their their rookie stuff in the next season. Yeah. So 2024, we're talking about Victor Wembanyama, right? Yep. So select basketball. Select draft picks football, right? Uh, standalone product coming this week. Uh, would love to hear Tyler's opinion on this because I know he grew up around it. But Top's Premier Lacrosse drops this week. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yep. Uh, wild Card Matt uh, Mega Boxes. You've got TriStar Hidden Football Mini Helmets. You have Leaf Multi Sport Solo Pack. Panini Chronicles Baseball. You have Ultra Premium Collection for Sword and Shield Pokemon. Um, and then you've got Tup's Update Series Hobby and Jumbo. And a new Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, saga of Blue Eyes White Dragon structure deck. So a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of stuff this week. A lot of stuff. Coming. I think select select basketball. You've got a 2022 football pro and college. Yep. I think this is uh it's going to be a, a big release. So excited for some of the football. I think it'll be interesting to see what the basketball does a year later. Um, but yeah, good week, Lou. Real quick before we go. Yes, sir. Your prediction. Uh, two predictions. How the World Series is going to end, mm-hmm. and who's winning Ohio State, Penn State? Um, last year, I really hurt myself with the Astros prediction, so I'm just going to say Astros win the World Series. That's all I'll say, even though I think it'll be quick, but that's not Astros win the World Series. Um, and then Ohio State, Penn State, 
you said what was your prediction for the score? I think the implied I think it's fifteen and a half Four. is the total. I said forty nine twenty four. Yeah. And it's at Ohio State? It's at Penn State at noon. Oh, that's tough. Um I'm gonna go with Ohio State in a breeze because they got worked by Michigan. So I would anticipate Ohio State doing the same thing. Cool. I like this guy. This guy right here. All right. Hopefully that's what happens. We will uh, we'll have some bonus content coming from London this week. Enjoy it, boys. But that's all we got for now, guys. See you guys next time. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.